Get a beer again. Yeah. It's a movie. It is nice. It Sorry, is I was nice. just ready. I was trying to last time I learned my lesson, I was just trying to blast through the opening. Yeah. Well, but, you uh, forgot I was here. Did I forgot you, you were, were here. Yeah. You thought forgot, you were by yourself again. Yeah, I forgot where I was. Yeah. It is nice to be here in a, a freshly green house. When did when was your house greened? A couple days after you were probably here last. And it took about a week. But yeah, we greened it up. We made the doors kind of gold and put some like gold well nah it's more like a, a softer yellow a more gold oh, okay. yellow. So you paint. know how paint colors are paint. it's like i thought yeah. you opted for the solid the solid yeah, yeah. gold door oh no 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 come on, come on. look at me i'm wearing a t-shirt <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have solid gold door money you know <laughs> you think that gold people don't wear like t-shirts are not in the wardrobe not if you have solid gold on your house what are you just wearing gold you're solid probably gold wearing a, a gold uh Gold shirt? Some kind of a gold sweater, I would imagine. Damn, that's hot. Even in the summer, yeah. Talk. Show it off. Yeah, you have to. Uh, well, it looks great. Thank I've been, you. you probably didn't notice, but I got all this grease on my hands because I've been, we sort of spoke last episode about how handy we were. Yep, yep. We're not handy. No, not at all. And my, I have a little update if yeah, you want to. I would love to hear it. Okay. Uh, so the garage door, do you have an auto door? We do. This is great. You don't have gold doors, but I think the auto door is probably better. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, mine broke. Well, it didn't break. It just stopped working. Yeah. Slowly, it got weirder and worse until yeah. the thing just got locked in one end. So I spent like three hours getting all greased up. Oh, man. And I almost fixed it before I left. Okay. So it's almost fixed. Yeah. That's great. So I feel like, I don't know. There's, uh, this, you, last time you said you didn't belong in... A hardware store and all you're good at is making holes but i think wait did you paint the house yourself of course not no yeah no. but we hired the people ourselves <laughs> good at that yeah well yeah so it's uh it's almost uh i can almost park again yeah for sure so that's nice that's great well can we post it maybe next time uh i will you know yeah i got more mortar grease. gonna make a little brick house oh wow we're not a house just like a wall a wall up my fire pit Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because we right now have a fire pit, but it's just like flat on the earth. That's what we have too. Yeah, and if there's a strong wind, it's it's hard. But now you're going to make like a tunnel for the wood to stay safe as it burns to death. Love it. Yeah. But we're talking about the Pelican Brief. The Pelican Brief, 1993. What a year for Grisham. Yeah, too, right? Firm was also 93. So crazy. Crazy. I'm not going to disclose too much, but I've now read two and a half Grishams. And I'm, just, you know, I don't want to, this is, this is your choice and I'm, I'm, I'm going to embrace it as much as I can, but it's fascinating to me that a man like John Grisham can be the most popular author when basically all that happens is like lawyers meet up and complain about being lawyers or little boys they're just like no i don't want to talk to a lawyer you gotta talk to a lawyer it's a lot of lawyer shit i just think it's so fascinating that lawyer shit was such a big deal and i guess it still is yeah i think it was a little more rare for professional people turned writers and entertainers i think then i mean now it's more of a thing but i think then it was kind of novel for this big lawyer guy to cross over into Denzel Washington films. You That's know? true. Yeah, and it was like, because when his, it was like 89 was when he wrote uh, A Time to Kill. 
I think something like that. So it's just like became popular super fast. Yeah. It's wild. But that's what happens in Hollywood is you have a big thing and then it gets scooped up and then suddenly they... You're off. You're Grisham. You can do whatever you want. I honestly feel like by this point in his writing career, he was writing just for them to be movies. I think so. Because they're not great. I mean, hey, I don't care. They're They're not doing it for me, but it's like I could see this being a much better visual story than a novel. And it was like, he just figured that out. For sure. I mean, it is so much plot. And, you know, there's some nice little, you know, cameo characters and some, some pretty, and obviously great actors. But for the most part, it's like beats, you know, it's like this is the mm-hmm. part of this act. and Yeah. Yeah, just people talking. Yeah. And just yeah. world, just dark, believable. Oh, yeah. So hot. The world is terrible worlds. Everyone hot. Everyone. Well, there's, I don't know how, he sort of only describes women as beautiful. <laughs> so most of the notes I took while watching this movie were like, oh, oh God. I mean, you know, it's really just like, it sort of reads as like a deposition for Julia Roberts' character for like Me Too accusations. I mean, like every interaction she has. I mean, I do appreciate the Denzel storyline. They actually do have kind of like a an okay friendship at the end. I mean, like there's some like elements of it where it's like, is this supposed to be romantic? Which, you know, I've heard criticism about, but there's so- What have you heard? uh, Just some of like the poor reviews because it's like 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like some of the reviews are like the love story with Denzel isn't good. And it's like, well, it's not really supposed to be a love story. It's supposed to be like he helped save her life. That's like one of the few things that I really, really admired about this movie. Me too. It felt ahead of its time in that way. Right. You know, you always hear people like, it's like the same formulas of like, he saves her life. She has to reciprocate by becoming his wife, you know, (laughs) some terrible finale. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's sad to say, and this isn't even a perfect movie. There's lots of weird Mm -hmm. shit in it, but, I, it's hard to find another movie in 93 where there's the male, like the it's got a female lead who doesn't fall in love with anyone hmm. and wins. And it's like, totally. it's not about her yeah. banging a dude. Well, it starts with her banging her professor. That's yeah, true. And that part is like, ugh, there's so many great, uh, the, the line where, the couple lines when he says to her, you're here to study law and not keep me sober. Uh, I, I love how he gets over his sobriety by just getting blown up in his car. <laughs> it's the best way. <laughs> and then the other line when he's, he meets up with his friend who's, you know, who's trying to help him in the government. And he says, how old is she this time? I know. Ooh. Yeah. And it was like a joke. Yeah. Sort of. I guess it was sort of. It was con- a dig, like, but it was like, oh, yeah. man, you know me so well. Like yeah. It was. It was uh, yeah. Some creepy dudes. But I mean, they were. I think supposed to be sort of, I mean, their relationship was okay. Right. Julia Roberts and the old man. He was impressed by her, Her you know, her, her brain and her legal stuff. Dude, this brief. Yeah. The brief. It's a pretty good brief. It was a great brief. She had to put her address on the brief and full name. I mean, if you have a, if you have a theory that goes to the highest levels of power in the yeah. global world order, you probably yeah. should put like a burner address or a P.O. box maybe. Yeah, you know? I don't know. She just wanted a quick uh, 15 minutes maybe. I guess. Get just like right up there. It's so funny watching this movie in 2023 when like <laughs> everyone has an opinion like that. And like the idea in 93 oh. that only a lawyer could like get the attention of the government by writing a fucking legal brief. No, and that would be like just a TikTok series. Like, yeah. okay, here's the, you know, here's and the everyone crime would, take. Yeah, everyone would know about it because it's like, how can you hide 
two senators backing the same like uh, funding project. Exactly. It's like it's, it would, everyone would. It's so funny to watch this thing. It's like, ooh, big secret. Only one person can solve the case. And it's like, <laughs> damn, life sucked in the nineties. Yeah. Encyclopedias, uh, libraries. Uh, it's so ugh. I love it. Yeah, I love how only she can come up with it. It's like that's how how much corruption there is. Is there no one else in power is going to be having any ideas, even opposite mm, party? You know? I guess that's that's. I didn't really think about that. Only uh, well, that sort of brings me to one of the reasons why I didn't really like this movie was that both Denzel Washington and Julia Roberts have like no skin in the game. Like they're literally. It's like so far. I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a Grisham neophyte, but like so far, it's just been people wanting to preserve either preserve the life they have without government interference or yeah just like the idea that we don't need to have political aspirations we need to have personal aspirations yeah and for a movie that's like should have been incredibly political about presidential corruption and it's so again funny to watch in 2023 when the Supreme Court is fucked the Oval Office is, is fucked. Everything is fucked. That's what I liked about this movie is it felt very relevant to all of the stuff today. And even Neil Gorsuch had someone, you know, assassination attempt or, you know, or a plot or something, I think, last year. So, oh, yeah. So it's, you know, it's definitely something that is conceivable. But it's Yeah, but then it's just funny to watch the two main characters have, like, absolutely no political reasons for their... Like, they're doing True. this for philosophical reasons and for personal reasons, but they do not give a fuck about who's president, who's on the Supreme court, what decisions they're making. And they're just like, Oh, I had this idea and it's probably right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I hear you. I think it, I think it can be read both ways. I think it can be, it can be interpreted as incredibly thin and Grisham is just writing for these, you know, this sort of weird uh, character tale, but it also could be, I mean, if you want to give him too much credit, potentially, it's he's a social commentator on how shitty everyone is. I mean, most people are like Julia Roberts in this movie or Tom Cruise in The Firm, where they really are just looking out for number one, and that's their goal in this entire... And that's the motivation of all these people. In the Pelican Brief, it's the corrupt (laughs) oil tycoon and the president who wants to remain in power and get reelected and the chief of staff that wants to suppress things. I mean, they all are just selfish, awful perpetrators of their own um, success. Yeah. Yeah. I think I ran into, you probably didn't listen to the diehard verse, but that was like, I came up against some hard truths for diehard. Yeah. And I learned something that day. Just that like what I think of as satire and commentary on a thing turned out to be totally wrong. And the fact that you're making heroes out of Julia Roberts and Tom Cruise and Denzel where they don't have any act, like their whole point is basically like, I want to be rich and safe uh-huh. and can control my life rather yeah. than I want to live in a world where everyone's taken care of and the government doesn't have overreach, but also they have like, it's just, it's like funny to watch these people that aren't heroes be elevated to this hero status by this like weird, weird yeah, Grisham man. I agree. I think Grisham's, he, he writes these, these weird anti-heroes in grounded realities that are very believable instead of like, I think, which is the more modern thing where you want to make more of a statement in these kind of hero movies and have the world be a little bit 
more grandiose maybe. But you don't think it is a statement to have like the hero of like the last episode, the firm is like, he wins, he's cool, he's smart, and what he wins is I get to be me. Like I think that is a statement. Like isn't this cool that this guy dupes everyone and is allowed to be his own man, be an island man? Yeah, I mean at the time I would love to to know what Grisham was was going for there at the time that's unfortunately probably what the goal was, but Yeah, especially yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. Pretty pretty I mean, I don't know, I was 8 when yeah. this came out. Yeah, still the stink of the 80s still yeah. followed people into that yeah. decade. But this, I mean, there's good stink all over this in some ways. Like the cast is oh, the cast fun. I think that's so again like the firm first Grisham, they get a fucking banger everyone. cast. Everyone, they got everyone who was famous and available yeah. to do these Grishams. So who's this? We got, we got, of course, Julia Denzel. You've got a young Tucci the as the t- assassin. <laughs> young Tucci, come on. So you meet him as Tank Top Tucci, which oh, I don't think I've ever seen Tank Top Tucci. He is so young. He's like four years old in this movie. And it's crazy. Oh, he wears a little mustache. He wears the little fake bald head, right? My favorite moment, <laughs> favorite moment is when he when he kills the guy in the hotel room. Yeah, and then he eats the chocolate. Yeah, and he's just like not a care in the world. No. That is such a beautiful cinematic scene. That's where he's listening. Is that the one where he gets the tape from under the bed? That's the tape. That's yeah. How, yeah, he just yeah. like listens to it while eating a chaco. Yeah, he's so cool. Ah, oh, so good. Such he's a great cool. character. I love. I love. I've never really seen this side of the Tooch. That's probably just because I, I sort of like learned about him when he was in Hunger Games, probably. Right. Yeah. No, it was kind of before my time, too. Like, I think when this movie came out, I probably had no idea who he was. You also have Cynthia Nixon, the, the friend. You know? mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and I actually, who played um, her weirdo, drunko boyfriend who gets blown up? Because he was charming. Like, I believed he was a Tom, drunk. Uh, Sam Shepard? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I totally believed he was like a drunk pervert. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's really <laughs> per- perfect. Perfect casting. <laughs> I think this is like um the Gary the Gary casting in the firm. It's like yeah. you get Sam Shepard like, "Oh yeah, this guy's like sad pathetic pervert guy." Yeah. Exactly. He doesn't have to do very much. Hired. Let's I'm gonna, I'm just going to bring up the Yeah, yeah. So Alan the director too is like this he's also a perfect just like he was already doing this shit before Grisham was writing. And it's like, it's a perfect, it is a pretty good idea to get him to direct. Totally. I mean, he, he has some crazy credits. I looked it up too. Cause he, he done like, or been involved with a bunch of stuff to kill a mockingbird, all the president's men, Sophie's choice, like big name kind of adaptations. Yeah. This is basically like nineties, all the president's men. Yeah. Exactly. But it's, I don't know, but I guess one of my other complaints is that you cast Denzel and like, I just figured maybe just put him in the movie. Yeah. He's in like maybe 20%, it feels like. I know. It I is know. a bit passive, you know. I love the mole in the White House, like his, you know, the, mm-hmm. his, his informant. That's great. Did you catch the line when this, I, I rewound it and played it like 20 times and I couldn't catch what, the first time you learn he's the mole. Yeah. And the two lawyers are walking out or whoever the fuck they are. And they say something. And I was like, I don't know what he said. Oh, yeah. It was something he overhears about. I think they're, it's some kind of like, 
reaction that's really bad where they're which shows i think where they're kind of evil in there i forget yeah i know what you're talking about but it's like it's something that as you know you would hope that they would not feel i think if you're that person you know that's what i would i should have i didn't include this captions when i put it on the hard drive i was like who needs captions i mean some people need captions actually i don't need captions (laughs) I'm not going to waste the time copying the 235 kilobyte file onto the hard drive. I should have. Would have been really helpful to know. Because I wasn't sure if it was like a racist thing or if it was just like a secret thing. Because it, it was a secret thing. Okay. Because it was like, a, it's an oddly like left, it felt very, Grisham's very like antebellum South stuff. And it did feel yeah. like, you know, watching this like un, you know, the servant class yeah. or whatever. Yeah, They're just like, yeah. they don't even care talking about this big secrets in front of in front of this like janitor yeah yeah exactly but he's friends with denzel it's the best i would love to be friends with denzel yeah yeah i don't know i think that would be weird <laughs> i don't know like friends you like you'd known him your whole life yeah how old is he he's old you know he, he'd be a friend <laughs> of the family yeah <laughs> i'd love to be yeah, that'd be with, weird yeah no i don't want to be friends like directly but so it's like your oh dad yeah denzel yeah denzel was like went to college with dad right he pops around periodically when he's not you know shooting some grisham movie mm-hmm. took you sledding maybe yeah i bet denzel is great at sledding and i bet he like really is a good director on the hill do you think, oh, director on the hill. I like was immediately on the Capitol Hill. Yeah, yeah. no, like down. a director for all the kids being like, hey. Oh, you think. You sled from over there. Got it. Yeah. I don't probably know. Probably gives like impassioned like monologues and stuff like to get them all pumped up. A kid who like doesn't wow. want to sled down the hill, you know. This is beautiful. No wonder you want to be friends with this guy. With the family, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 He, you'd be a little tyke. Yeah. He'd be, he'd be just looking up. Man, when he smiles at the end of that movie. Oh, baby. <laughs> So good. I love that Ed part. I love that yeah. whole like the whole uh also how about the VHS and the safety deposit box? Like that's yeah. such a nineties thing. Like, can you imagine anyone yeah. having a VHS anywhere? Like you don't even find that in a trash pile, <laughs> let alone a safety deposit yeah. box. My dad, when I was growing up, um he was one of those people that recorded rather than buying VHS. He'd buy all the blank ones and then record shit off TV. Oh, yeah. So we had like probably 1,500 VHS cassettes, each with three or four movies on them. 1,500? Yeah, dude. It was a. It was like, you know when, well, I'll bring it back to like handiwork. You know when you build a, a real wall, but then you're like, Ooh, what if I made a facade out of bricks? That's not really supportive, but it looks nice. Yeah. My dad was like, what if I made a facade in the living room of VHS cassettes. It would go it went up like eight feet in the air. Wow. These stacks of tapes. They're on the mantelpiece all the way up to the ceiling. And how are they organized? <laughs> the, the first three hundred were like cataloged in one of those little pieces of paper yeah. machines. Yeah. Like a Rolodex. Yeah. And then it just yeah, like whatever. Then it was just Russian roulette entertainment. <laughs> we're gonna watch. I've already set up the ladder uh, and I'm hurting my arm here. We're gonna watch whatever I put uh, uh, Wheel of Fortune from four years ago. Hey, that sounds good. That was yeah. a huge WAF fan. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Um, yeah, one day the, one of the stacks fell over. 
It was, I think I might have already told listeners about this, but it was like the most, the, I think it still remains the loudest, longest sound I've ever heard. Oh, oh that sounds awful. It was just like. <laughs> mm. I guess that's pretty quiet and short. But as a kid, that was like, it yeah. just went on forever. You had a quiet childhood. Yeah. It mostly was like, I played video games with the sound off. And then one, guy. one day. <laughs> and you're just like. Terrified. So scared. I could see that being awful. Yeah. So, hey, at least they kept them in the safe yeah. in, in the Grisham world. Yeah. You keep those tapes safe. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I love that. I love towards the end when she goes to like that, that clerk and there's like that also like weird little Me Too kind of moment where like he's in the hospital and she pretends to be his brother and and he says something, she says something about hallucination and then he says something really creepy like mm-hmm. it's a great hallucination to have and it's just like, geez, man. Yeah, it's, uh, this movie's... A lot of thirsty guys. Thirsty guys. I mean, it's, it's the 90s. Yeah. The ties are bad, the suits are bad and everyone's thirsty. And we grew up with, this was like imprinted i mean it's no wonder it's like had to be reckoned with so in such difficult fashion for some people because it's like yeah this just was how it worked just popular culture yeah that's how bad it was with that was that popular culture was like unabashedly fine with displaying how this worked in totally yeah it's crazy but i think one one thing well, Jim, I I asked you off mic if you were on Letterboxd or not. Um, I my Letterboxd review was mean because I was bored. Yeah, I found this movie to be boring, and I'm like, I'm curious because you said I think you remember you said this like was a fun one in COVID, and maybe you were just having a a hard month. <laughs> but like, I found it mostly to be involved people in rooms talking, mm-hmm. or people outside talking (laughs) or some run there's a little bit of running Mm -hmm. but you're coming fresh off the heels of tom so i mean hey as much as you love julia like i'd rather watch tom run i feel you it's no question like tom you get tom you make him run i just don't think anyone's saying that about julia yeah so what's your like why is this is do you find this to be an exciting movie like when you sit down you're like uh, I better have popcorn just a flowing because I'm going to be chomp, chomp, chomping the whole two hours and 20 minutes. I, I feel like so like, I, I mean, I definitely wouldn't call it a popcorn movie. I think what I like, the elements I like, but there's a lot, there's some, there's some intellectual things. There's some personal, like subjective, subjectively, this is my wife's favorite Grisham. So like during, book or movie movie. Okay. So like during COVID, had her on. she was, I know, I know. She, unfortunately she's uh, treating lymphedema patients right now, but come um, on. But, do you think, can I ask a favor? Yeah. Do you think if only if she's interested, if she wants to record like something about a one minute to 10, whatever she wants, if she has, if she, I just want, a, if she's, this is her favorite and she wants to get a voice in, Okay. Feel free to record right. it, yeah, send yeah. it to me. I'll pop it in cool. right here. Cool. Oh, man. 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. Two minutes of fame. Okay. And now we're back, potentially, <laughs> from how who knows what happened. But yeah. we're back now. <laughs> Hope it was good. Uh, yeah. So I think the other thing, I also just, it, it 
I'm constantly... Wait, can I interrupt? Yeah. Can we, before we move on from that, yeah. maybe we have just heard why she loves it so much. But so part of this is you like it because she likes it? You, well, or she's shown you why she likes it? Uh, you know what's a good... I yeah I mean I'm gonna have to ask her her thoughts. Well, hopefully she'll be able to do a quick recording because I think I think she likes it mostly because of the cast. She loves Tucci, oh, you know, who doesn't great. love Julia Roberts. Um, you know, that's kind of Denzel in his prime too. Um, mm-hmm. I think just a great cast. Um, I think yeah, and then I think from there it would just be I'd be speculating what else it is about it that that draws her. I think, but it's also, not influencing you. No, no. I mean, I think that's like a part of it that I think was, you know, that was a part that I remembered vividly when we watched all the right. Christian. She was so like, it's oh, nice to like watch because you're like, oh, this is going to be fun because yeah. my spouse enjoys this. Yeah, so we both yeah. have fun watching a movie yeah. we both love. I think like I just get, for me, like, you know, one thing that I am sort of as a creator, I am very... I always was very like aware of things that were dated and that didn't age well. And that's like most things, like pretty much most stand-up comedy, most movies, like you give it enough time and it's like harder mm. to watch as the time goes. And there's sure. some stuff that stays topical and evergreen. And I think one thing I appreciated is the evergreen nature of some of the themes of politics is incredibly bought and corrupt and just meaningless at a high level and that it just felt believable and it felt like something that could happen, which also felt like the firm. It's like this firm Mm. is just bought out by awful people and they just squash dissent or people asking questions and, and remain relevant in a way that you could see like a huge Rico FBI case coming out of something like that. Mm. Um, So I think he, he touches on stuff that, that feels very real. So it's just, it's one of those movies where I just, I just bought into the logic and the possibility of that actually happening where versus like, you know, the, but then sometimes you just want to watch a movie like that's super escapist, like groundhog day where it's something that can never happen. You know, so it's like I the opposite happen? of that. I mean, maybe it's happening for somebody out there. Hopefully it's a good day for them. That'd be nice. Wow. What if it's just, they're at their stupid day job and it's like, they can't call out sick and they're just like going to their day job every day. And like, Sending wow. the same emails. <laughs> I mean, they get really good at it. Yeah. Sending that email? They game out every single email thread. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so good. They might feel really satisfied. Maybe. They wrote the perfect email. It's like those jobs where you hear about the person that like loses it and like sends a death threat to a colleague or whatever, and that's like their last day. Like yeah. Maybe that's just their Groundhog Day where they're just like, they've, de- they've been in that interaction like a million times, and they're just like. This is it. I'm going to take you out. And they're going to stick with that one yeah. over and over again. And they just it is do the exciting. Ground, the Groundhog Day defense feels like something Grisham would make. Well, they would break. never even get there. Well, that's true. Because they couldn't escape. They wouldn't, but the huh, alternate string theory version of them would the next day. Whoa. So you think in Groundhog Day, the world continues. And there's a Bill Murray out there who gets to keep who gets to live so every well i mean he does eventually get to live the next day yeah i forget how he gets there what is what does he do that logic is i mean i love groundhog day but that logic he figures out how to be completely empathetic and just Mm. not you know and and just go after love for love's sake and treat everyone (laughs) well and (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's how he gets piece out. Of shit. Basically, I mean, he's, he tries to like game Andy McDowell to like him, and he instead just kind of gives up and just sort of lets his guard down, and then that's that's what it is. So, do you like the Tom Cruise Groundhog Day, whatever that was called, um, the sci-fi one? Oh, I don't know if I've seen that one. I mean, uh, I love the concept. Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, I don't know if I've seen that. I should watch it. Because I, yeah. I, I love those time thing ones. I mean, there's a piece I'm trying to write next, which is in that same vein of like that world. But I love Palm Springs with Andy Samberg and I didn't see J.K. It. Simmons. Oh, Sounds it, good. It's great. It came out during COVID. Yeah, I remember that poster. I didn't see it. Yeah. I, I I think both Groundhog Day and Edge of Tomorrow don't go far enough in how absolutely insane you would get very quickly. Yeah, they try to show it with like the suicide attempts yeah, and stuff. And I, yeah, Groundhog Day is a little goofy. places. Yeah. It gets there much better. Like Edge of Tomorrow felt like it never even comes close. You just, I, I'm curious what you think. Watch it. it. Yeah. Let me know what you think. And the moral of that story is like Tom Cruise gets to make out with a cool murder lady. <sighs> So it sounds similar though to Groundhog Day where yeah. he gets to make out with someone. Yeah. I haven't seen Groundhog Day in 20 years. I watched it during the pandemic. You did a lot of watching. Oh yeah. Early on, a lot of binging. I mean, there's nothing else to, you know, we were told not to go anywhere and we followed directions. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know. I can't remember what I did. Okay. Did, yeah. Did, I guess I do a lot of watching anyway. Yeah. You just lived your life. Yeah. You continued your life. I guess so, yeah. Just inside. Yeah. <laughs> I stayed inside. Um, so you were, the opening shot is wild to me. The opening shot with the with the drone like or photography? whatever it was, like probably a crane in 93. Yeah, so I actually took a note on that too because what's so funny is like that shot now costs like nothing. Like you just have to like have a stupid little drone and like yeah. put a camera on it. But like <laughs> back then, that was probably like a $200,000 shot. I mean, those cranes, Damn. if it was a crane, are so expensive to rent. Really? And yeah. Oh, this is like, great. We haven't had a like, budget talk in so long. Yeah, I you love either this. have to rent like a a helicopter and do it that way or do it on a crane like I that think it was crane but it's very expansive and I, I i bet at the time it felt like really cinematically different like now you just like it's just sort of expected that you see stuff like mm. that in movies because of how easy it is but that like stood out to me like oh like they're that's, actually really yeah that's a big call like yeah. touch of evil yeah, you know, opening crane, five minute shot. Yeah, and it's, I love the line from the old Justice, which is like, <laughs> it's like so on the nose. Like that's the thing about Grisham is he, there's no nuance, there's no subtext. It's just like exposition and like yeah. world building. And it's like he says, "Never ceases to amaze me what a man will do to get in the Oval Office." And yeah. you're like, "All right, foreshadowing the whole thing." You know? I didn't know. So this judge was a liberal judge, the old man. They both, yeah, one was liberal, one was more conservative. But, but they, he, they both, like, the the signs was, like, about, uh, there was an abortion sign, but it was, like, the opposite of what I expected it to be, right? Yeah, I think they were, I think they were kind of showing that, like, the guy was getting maybe protested for a few different things. That was a guns? little, a little murky. Yeah, they were just sort of Race, protesting everything. Environment? abortion yeah, yeah just, yeah, just they're sort of all... everything and probably when you're a justice i bet that happens where you're just like you get people protesting their issue from both sides probably but it's weird that they all like they all showed up showed up on yeah. the same day 
Um, they didn't, like, fight each other because they were, like, opposing (laughs) things. Yeah. I mean, they must have heard about the crane. Like, we got (laughs) to make this count. That costs a lot of money. You could have done something with that policy-wise. We got to get out there. Yeah, Uh, yeah, the opening was pretty, like, effective. I think when you drop... This movie's complicated. A lot going on. Uh, so you weren't riveted by like the murders in the beginning and all that stuff. Like I felt like I mean I love the tooch going around. Yeah, it's very quiet movie. Even the yeah. murders are just like because <laughs> that's how these that's how these deep state tooch. actors act. Yeah, you know, I mean they can't be out there being like I'm in the CIA and you're gonna die in this long chase. So the first one, how did the the first guy was in? He goes to the hotel and he goes. I'm here to see a Mr. Mm, I forget. Mr. Tooch. Oh, right. And like, do you mean Robert Tooch? And he goes, yes, I'm here to see Robert Tooch. And he gets the instructions, yeah. which is a pretty, like yeah, that's that the kind cool. of shit that's like a lot of details happening. And those are good details. Yeah, where good it's like, tradecraft. Oh, yeah. Feel that. But then he just like goes literally to the next hotel room. <laughs> it's like, I don't really know. He doesn't just slide it under there. And it's like, I mean, I guess he didn't want it to get found. It's just like, it's yeah. funny. The details were excessive, and in some points, why were there so many? But yeah. who's the, the first guy he kills was... I'm getting sort of confused with the opening to Commando. Have you seen Commando? I have not. That opens with three murders, three assassinations. Uh, okay. Sorcerer opens with a bunch of assassinations. So this is following a long line of cinematic assassination openers. Yeah. And the Jackoff Theater one I found to be... Like a masterpiece of insanity. <laughs> that seemed way over the top. I like the first one where the guy's like in his home and there's the changing of the. So, yeah, what, the what was the first one? It's the guy, I think it's the guy who says, It amazes me what a man will do to get in the Oval Office. I think it's that, the older guy who just gets shot. Like, you know, Oh, that's like, right. He's watching. Like he, his ward is watching some hilarious television program. Oh, yeah, just watching and then like just junk. Pop, pop. Yeah. It was a good, it was a fun yeah. shot. They show, um, Sleeping old man. Yeah. Very slow pan. Yeah. To laughing old man. Yeah. And then pop, pop. Very slow pan to dead old man. Yeah. Man, you fast uh, makeup artist. Oh, yeah. I thought that was good filmmaking. Yeah, that was good. That was a good scene. Yeah, the the porno theater was sort of like, I don't know, if you're really a public theater or public figure person like that, like... Would you really take that chance of like going into those places? Like it was all you had in the nineties. I guess so. Was that in National Geographic's? Yeah. And like Victoria's Secret catalogs. So I mean, what I didn't understand, and I've never been in one, unfortunately, um, but the fact that it was a tiered (laughs) seating system (laughs) seemed like a wild choice to me because, like, general. I mean, I assume I don't really know why you'd be watching porn if you're not jacking off. But maybe some people just appreciate it. Well, I mean, I think technically it was... I mean, that's what Pee Wee Herman got. Exactly. Yeah. Dick's out at a jack-off yeah, theater. Yeah, but you know, it's still legal. You're not supposed to. Right. But like the fact that it's tiered means that if you're sitting in the front, everyone in the back can see you jacking it. Yeah. The stadium, yeah, the stadium seating's <laughs> a little bit of a strange like modern choice. Jordan's you know? furniture showing a horny man, too. Yeah. Theater's a little too nice for the for the film. But I did like his. I thought his rope belt was like a, that was cool. 
yeah i thought it was like oh this is a weird uh fashion choice in yeah. the 90s yeah but hey you know maybe i'm just out of touch and then he's fucking slow tooch slowly pulling his rope belt off yeah. uh i mean not worth the price of admission but like a great moment of yeah. cinema i think a forgotten moment of cinema i didn't i agree i think it was great i think it well, i mean I, I definitely have some criticism i mean i have criticisms for everything but like um good I think his murder is pretty weak. Like when he gets, um, when he gets killed kind of in broad daylight, when he meets up with her, like that was just sort of like a, not a fulfilling kind of way for his character. Like the character like that, that's so ruthless and calculated, like you want them to die at the end and like some crazy, mm-hmm. like climactic kind of evolution of all this. Yeah. Stuff. How does he die again? Someone randomly is like <laughs> following and like, that's kind of unclear. I feel like it's like someone who's like trying to cover things up in the government. Like someone like the CIA kills him or FBI kills him or something. But also it's like weird that she, like that whole scene is designed for him to get killed. Like if you watch, I watch it again because I was like, wait a minute. She meets up with him and then they're just walking and then he like has the gun kind of in his shirt and then it almost looked like she kills him, but like she doesn't have a gun. But it's just like, but she's not saying anything and it's, I don't know, it's just sort of, there isn't enough like subterfuge on her part or like. I think that's a great sort of overall critique of this movie that like all of it just sort of seems like uh, that that happened. Tamsel in distress, somebody saved me. But then all the ways it gets resolved is just like, well, that happened. Yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, (laughs) I got to say I was a little bored, so. Uh, it wasn't that I wasn't paying attention. It's just like I wasn't really able to dive in. Here it's just sort of washed over me like a rain. Yeah. And I was like, get this shit. I don't, I don't, I want to be dry. <laughs> I don't like this. I mean, it, if you, if you think about what it's about, it it's like, it is, it is amazing how they're able to like make it such a big budget, big cast movie when it's like, the log line is <laughs> pelicans <Yeah. laughs> are not protected. Oil guy wants to make a lot of money. So a lot of people die in the process. Like, it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, just like the people, Denzel's in it a couple of times, but mostly all he does is talk on the phone with people. Like yeah. that's his, his big thing. He's just chatting on the phone. Yeah. I mean, I want to see that guy's phone bill at the end of that Jeez, movie, especially you know? in the nineties. AT&T was just Ooh. caking. That's like he, product placement for them. Basically. Yeah. He's calling nonstop. Yeah. And he chases down that. He basically gets the lawyer killed. Oh yeah. He's, he's sloppy. Like pressure. Yeah. Pressures into being doing it and then just like, doesn't really follow through. Yeah. He's funny, but he really is good. His yeah. smile's good. His, yeah. Well, I love how he's just like, I got to get the story. It's cool if everyone dies, including right. myself. You know? Right, right, right. Which is, uh, Julia Roberts does not give a fuck. She just wants to write a brief. Yeah. Can you imagine her next brief? Like, what is <laughs> going on? That would be a great sequel. It's like, yeah, you like catch up with her. She's only writing briefs on the most mundane, <laughs> like, class action lawsuits. Or, yeah. Like, something that's just, like, so separated from yeah. reality. You can't. It's hard. It's not everyone can be the radio head of briefs, I think. You know, you come out with one album and that might be it for some people. But this brief was, it's, 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 I think that might, it's so funny to think about like a 90s audience being invested in a brief. (laughs) 
just like this is what this movie's about is like a guess without evidence that somehow gets thrown to the top it makes zero sense it's like it's so goofy that a random argument that's like yeah i think the point is that like these people probably think to themselves it's the perfect crime because who the fuck is gonna actually put that together you know what i mean that it's like this really niche special interest thing that led to all this so like the fact that her conspiracy theory hits it on the head spooks everybody, and that's what sets off this whole thing. I know, but it's funny that maybe they could have just like let it sit for a day, because <laughs> like if just Julia Roberts, it's like maybe blowing up people and chasing after you and trying to murder you is what's going to actually get this brought to attention. If you just like like most conspiracy theories, especially in the 90s, where all it did was live on a piece of paper. Yeah. It's a brief. Yeah. It's not like a tweet or yeah. a post. It's just like this is literally living in one man's office, and it could have died there. It's but they so blew him true. up. They blew him up. What about you take my breath away as his last line? You know? So good. <laughs> oh, that scene was wild. Oh, crazy. Drunk boy. And then she's... She recovers quickly. Mm. You know, she has PTSD for about four minutes in that car. And then and then she's just like, eh. <laughs> she's like, it was a Me Too situation anyway. Yeah, she so. didn't really like him. <laughs> she was just trying to get some... But she didn't really need him to get good grades because she's so smart. I know, I know. She's really smart. She's a genius. Yeah, she's great. I wish there was a little more nuance with that. Mm. Um, here's a big problem I had that's very nitpicky. Okay, that's... Wow, wait. You have a huge problem that's very small. That's good. Okay, what is it? Well, because I find this with Carrie, my wife, when we watch movies, she's a medical professional. So like, um, and you might notice this with your spouse because your spouse is in the medical field, right? So when there's mm-hmm. certain things that happen in a hospital Got that it. are totally wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll just be like, what? That would never, they would never bandage that wound that way. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it takes you out of it. So like whenever something takes, I'm a big stickler for like things being, you know, at least trying to at least have some semblance of reality or research behind like logic behind it. So there's that scene where there's a bar that's also a laundromat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hated that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why? I don't know. It just felt like, it just felt like it wasn't a real place. And like, I guess oh. maybe there are those places. I wanted to start one. I had this business idea where basement, laundromat, first floor bar second floor yoga studio and you could buy a membership where you get to take yoga for free while someone does your laundry for you and then while you're waiting for the dryer to be done then you have a beer okay isn't that a great idea it it is but there's a lot of stuff going on and like the people that come to bars often aren't (laughs) doing you know down dog type stuff too oh i mean there's definitely a crossover there is a crossover but i feel like you know i in college once i i used to do laundry drunk because i thought it was like laundry sucked and i was like oh i'll just get drunk and do laundry and it ended very poorly once where i like vomited in between the wash and the dry cycles and uh so i just feel like there's like those kind of things where when people overdo it too much on the yoga or the drinking Mm -hmm. or the the laundry service did you vomit into your clothes or was no it? i okay. just like wasn't good. able to finish like, you know it's like i like <laughs> some a friend had to like get my laundry for me that's or super drunk yeah, yeah. Like, you got like, like 18 drunk yeah to do laundry yeah i've never yeah. tried that Maybe no it's fun. not it's not I mean, that's why i just you know did you mix your like uh darks and whites 
uh, or drinking or for the laundry. Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> um, good. Yeah, no, I think I was. I think I separated them at that point. Now I just do cold water. Everything is better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's so um, nice to hear another cold water laundry guy. Oh, it's just so much easier and better for the planet. You know. Yeah. But we, no, but back to this bar laundromat. I mean, it was yeah. Just I mean, like the fact that like you're like I loved it. I want to invent one. It's just like everything else is ground. I guess that's the thing. It's like if everything's grounded in this movie that like you found boring, like why would they add something fantastical that wasn't like a cool chase? Like why couldn't they yeah. have like action instead of like oh we're just gonna have them meet somewhere. That's quiet, but it's public. So, like, we'll just have it be like a laundromat bar. Like, I, I'm sure <laughs> that place must exist. New Orleans, like, probably has that yeah, stuff. There's but no way Alan's like. You know what this be. movie needs is a laundry. Like, we need more laundry machines in the it, bar. It must have been a famous place that they shot on location. Could have been. At, you know, that's worth like actually seeing if it was a real like. Oh, that's a landmark. Like, right. that's great. Everyone like yeah. you know loves that place. It's like in Boston when they show. Uh, I don't, I don't even know, like a, a Boston guy. Yeah. Sorry. I, th- I started off with Boston cause I lived there, but yeah, it sort of sucks. Yeah. You what don't are you like going to show in Boston? I guess Havid Square, the bridge, There's the, the river, Charles river is nice. Yeah. But it's just a river I'm talking about Boston. Yeah, but it could, sure. River that river. You're like, Boston. what's that? And they're like, it's a river. Like which river? It could be any river. It's a Charles. Yeah. I like so the Charles. It's your namesake river. I used to live on the Charles. The Hyatt. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. The, uh, the, but it's just like, what? Boston doesn't have any landmarks. Fenway Park, Prudential Building. Oh, look at that building. <laughs> it's like one of the ugliest guys. Newberry Street. <laughs> Boston Common. <laughs> yeah. So, I like the Boston little, little nice. versions of things that real cities have. Tiny, Dunkin', tiny parks. Dunkin' Donuts. That's true. You only get Dunkins in Boston. Yeah. Which which Dunkin' would you showcase if you're like, we're, sh- we're shooting in Boston. We want to make sure everyone knows we're in Boston. I'd want to find the one that's also a laundromat, you know, for people who, that's you true. know, they have their donuts and they have their soiled whites, you know. Do you think it was because, like, Julia's dirty at this point and she needs to be clean? Like, do you think they were like, it's less believable that Julia would insist on being dirty for this long than that there's laundry machines at the bar. That's a great point. I don't know. That guy was creepy. Oh, so creepy. Really well creepy. Yeah. And then that little guy running around. <laughs> he, there's no way he would have survived. That guy was dead at the end of that scene when he's assaulted by f- like a hundred biker guys. Oh my God. He was vicious. That was like a leftover yeah. from like from the seventies. Oh yeah. That actor. Oh yeah. He's sort of like ugly and cruel and short and, fat and just like there's no way anyone looking like that can act anymore which is sad but like yeah. the 70s was full of just like sure. old ugly guys being yeah. amazing yeah and they've just sort of like died out and this guy was like a leftover of like that 70s I style think we're getting grit. back to that though because like they're more inclusive now with what people are looking no, like yeah. on screen yeah it's not just pretty people anymore yeah no pretty well everyone's the... pretty yeah everyone's pretty now yeah but yeah, it's like, it's so, I don't know. I love that energy. Like the Walter, like the fact that Walter Matthau was like a huge star and he just basically is like this grubby little man. It's so yeah. funny to me. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that guy felt really gritty and fun yeah. and ugly and demented and violent. Like he was, yeah. I think oh. he had a lot of life in him. Oh, for sure. For a pretty big character. Oh yeah, totally. And some, those are the characters that shine the most in these movies. I feel like, you yeah. know, they're the ones that are least thin sometimes. 
the speaking of least thin, what do you think of the Tooch putting a pillow down his shirt? Love that. <laughs> also, how how great was it that he like got the accent down after like so three good. seconds of he like tried it once and it sounded awful, and then he yeah. like, pitched perfect. It was great. I love yeah. that's like a like that's also sort of like suspension of disbelief. Probably wouldn't happen that way in real life, but for a movie detail yeah. is fucking great well Just, it's like oh why did you go into contract killing you could have been a star on you, broadway you right <laughs> you yeah you Pick the wrong career you could have uh you look like anyone sound like anyone yeah. you want to play a 180 year old 80 pound man <laughs> just find a pillow <laughs> he did look similar yeah no he did he did a good job with that yeah pillow i used to when i was uh in f- some middle school year, I had to do like one of the, you know those presentations that are so pathetic and pointless, but they yeah. still make everyone do it. It's yeah. like you had to give like a five minute presentation bit biography. This is what I had to do, and I chose yeah. uh, Oliver Hardy. Okay, so I basically just did the tooch thing and just stuffed flat five pillows in my shirt and put on one of those funny hats. Yeah. And then told about this guy who's like been divorced five <laughs> times and almost killed himself as like an eight-year-old. <laughs> I guess it's eye-opening. You know, you yeah. just watch a big man fall over and you're like, that guy's funny. And then you realize he was just very sad. Yeah. Uh, that's so many people. That's yeah. the thing about those those types of people. They're just able to cover it up. Mm. Maybe someone should write a brief can't keep this shit covered up brief america must know yeah she's projecting all her trauma into that brief yeah so the end of this movie julia i was confused i honestly thought the plane took off and then it landed in the same place it just looks so similar cut or a match cut. yeah Yeah. but to like the exact same airport (laughs) i thought it was a ruse the final ruse where she I, isn't actually going to the Caribbean. I think it's him returning, probably, is what it's supposed to be. Could have been. Maybe I yeah. also just like looked away for <laughs> 20 minutes. I'm not sure. But she goes, and she gets to live out the rest of her life. In hiding. Like You're in right. some travel. Like, it's shitty. She doesn't get the Tom mm, Cruise, I get to be me. She, interesting. She gets to be. She, she's nobody. Have you read the book? No. Okay. Because I've read now. I'm almost done with the client. And so far, the big theme is like, witness protection is bad i don't want to go into witness protection and this movie sort of ends with her not being in witness protection but just sort of being forced to leave yeah but she seems happy yes she does well i think she's happy to be alive right i think there's some really weird like libertarian undertones to all this stuff it's like my personal freedoms give me my personal freedoms or nothing you know give me give me yeah so she gets to only look at denzel from afar now She'll never get to run with him. Yeah. She'll never get to avoid being blown up by a car. Yeah. With him. She can't be friends with Denzel in order to survive because you know they're watching Denzel, the people who are still left in this conspiracy. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's lots of people left. He can't be a family friend for her in the way that I wish for my family. (laughs) That's so sad. That is sad. It's a great friendship. I think the, what I, I love the friend. And you know what? That's something that Carrie really likes about it is it's not a love story. It's yeah. like a real kind of nuanced um, it's refreshing. leading man, leading woman kind of dynamic that isn't like like filled with tropes. I think you could cut this down to a, a like a tight 90. I agree. 
This could be this could have been a really good like eighty five minute movie. Yeah, cut the laundromat out, just have them meet in a bar, you know? <laughs> yeah. That was a huge amount of time too. She's like doing That's laundry a and shit. Usually long scene. Yeah. yeah and, oh, yeah. yeah. But like skip almost every scene of dot like this movie really exceeds when succeeds and it maybe exceeds. Interesting. When no one talks. Yeah. Like some of their best moments are them just like not talking with each other. I think you could you could cut out a lot of the White House stuff too. That mm-hmm. sh- that stuff was kind of like eh, whatever. You right. Know, you hate the president, you hate the chief of staff, you we like get the it. mole. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need the mole, really. Yeah. We don't need the president. All that shit could have been over there. Yeah. As the MacGuffin to mm-hmm. let everything we want to see like two tr- being pillow man. Exactly. And uh well Julian not doing laundry, but you know, running away. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, what is she, she writes the brief and then she just survived. I think that's maybe another thing is like, I don't really understand what her story is other than one of survival where she doesn't really, she doesn't do anything at the end of the day. She just makes sure that someone else, everyone else dies for her. Yeah. I and think the that, story gets out. I think that's why like in watching this and the firm back to back closely, I do appreciate that of the firm much better that at least he's very active mm. in his in yeah. his quest. And know? actually it was fun to hear like the the filmmakers changed it to even make him more like smart yeah. and in charge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But maybe the Grish maybe this is closer to the book where Grisham does seem to be like oh you accidentally get swept like fucking swept into this situation where you're out of control yeah. and the whole 500 page book is about like <laughs> finding the find just like the smallest amount of control you can get back over yeah. your life yeah he does seem pretty interested in in that yeah. side of things yeah and drunken lawyers damn so he, yeah he must have really like oh it's it's yeah, i mean found it's that out oh yeah. yeah no law is filled with like all sorts of like ethically compromised people and people who you know not a great you know reputation historically yeah as a profession yeah all those jokes in the 90s all the jokes what a funny time for grisham to be so popular too because it's like all about cool lawyers when there's all those lawyer jokes well there's all that money in the 80s there's probably a lot of lawsuits and legal things in the 90s people are just you know yeah they wanted an idea of justice without but still being able to be like oh most lawyers are drunken bums yeah but at least, you know, we want the the idealistic ones, even though none of them actually are idealistic. We want the ones that are just like after the truth and yeah. justice. But I don't know. I just want that money. I'd be a to- I'd be a bum lawyer. Uh, yeah, for sure. Of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be a bum lawyer? Yeah. Sounds fun. Just write briefs and actually get paid instead of get killed, you know. Hell yeah. So would you want to see more of this one or is this like a perfect, like, do you, are you asking where's my sequel to the Pelican brief or is this like a great, just boom, 220. It's great. Great. I love the non-love story. I love that the Pelicans are saved Mm. and the president is screwed. And I mean, a lot of people get theirs, you know, in, in a good way. I think one thing that in 2023, it's like, I'm much more concerned about the Supreme Court than the executive office. And the Supreme Court sort of gets like just sort of off the hook. They're like, they're just sort of seen as the branch that 
uh, it sucks that they got killed and a couple yeah. of them were corrupt but in a way it's kind of noble though because it's like the theme is that they're so like passionate about whatever thing that like they won't you can't compromise them in another way you know what i mean so mm-hmm. the president's compromised because of the donate like the 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 donor aspect but these you know unlike 2023 where you hear all these stories about you know people like clarence thomas getting like free awesome trips from donors right exactly stuff, you know? these people were killed because they had like they were too they were actually good principled yeah, yeah they're too yeah so uh, yeah and it at is, least it was bipartisan you know like that's also kind of refreshing it was like they were both kind of totally different spectrums but they were you know yeah both such loved a f- pelican fan <laughs> <laughs> that's good i wonder maybe not a sequel but a prequel about the lives of these two justices yeah that could be really interesting yeah. like why do they love the pelican bird and then a documentary spinoff just about the pelicans after they were saved you know what their habitat was like you yeah know? you really liked the when you got to watch the documentary in this movie about the pelicans yeah 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 that's yeah. No, great yeah you... uh, my wife's a huge environmentalist too a naturalist so like that's the other thing about you know this movie it's like that that sort of like idealistic kind of yeah save the species yeah hell yeah yeah well yeah i'm i'm vegan so i get it i get it so do you have an mvp for this one yeah i mean it's pretty there's a lot of great actors but no one took my breath away like the tooch did i agree yeah i mean you can't you can't like you can have like maybe an honorable mention in there for um i guess both for the, Denzel, yeah and then know. julia they're both really good yeah. but like the tooch like became the movie where yeah, denzel yeah. and julia were just like you know cashing their paycheck and doing their doing solid work yeah. but they never like lived in the movie like the tooch yeah. was like oh yeah oh iconic yeah so yeah. creative yeah it was i loved every second with the tooch yeah just made great choices i mean denzel was great but like he wasn't you didn't see anything there like oh, i've never seen a reporter like that you know Right. He's a reporter, like a dog with a bone reporter. Like, you know, I've seen that. Yeah, and know? he also doesn't really give a fuck about the bone. Yeah. He'll take any old bone. <laughs> he doesn't care. I love when he just <laughs> picks up the phone, assumes it's someone else. He's yeah. just like... But then he immediately, rather than be like, oh, wait, I got to wait for this other guy to call. He's just like, oh, you can give me a story too? Great. Fuck that guy. I don't care if he dies. Yeah, Denzel is a little... He's silly boy in this yeah. movie. But yeah, I think you're right. Tooch... And maybe just because I need to watch more Tooch movies, but this felt like really exciting too from seeing yeah. him act in a way that I've really never seen him act before where Denzel was doing his beautiful smile. and Yeah. That's like, yeah. I mean, it gets you every time, but every time it, it, he does it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Not every day Tooch has a mustache and a tank top. That's no. all I'm saying. I know. And I juxtapose him with his like Italy series on CNN. Mm-hmm. Like he goes around eating food and then, you know, it's like the exact opposite of what we just saw. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Well, I'm I'm as a as a so far, I'm excited to see what else can happen in Grisham World. I am. It's like this is like a theme park where you get so many different versions of the same. Like they're all rides. Yeah. But it's honestly they're pretty varied for a pretty like by the numbers legal shit for sure. So I'm 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 excited for what's the next client client's Client, next. Yeah. And don't forget. A little bit down the line, Christmas with the Cranks, a real hard right turn from all of this. You know what's sad? Maybe we'll leave it here, but uh, every other Grisham book on Libby, which is, do you, do you like use the library? Uh-huh. Uh, 
weeks out. I still haven't been able to read the film. <gasps> Five, eight weeks wait. Oh. Christmas the or skipping Christmas. Yeah. That shit I could borrow today. <laughs> Anytime I want. So I put that I haven't even bothered to put that on a hold. <laughs> Once we get to that one, I'm just gonna click borrow. It's only four yeah. hours. Oh man, that's it's great. Like a quick novella about Christmas from I'm John. I'm so curious to hear what that source material is like because it's like when we talk about it, you'll see it's like so weird. You can read it. Yeah. It's available at every library. No yeah. one cares. No one wants it. You can have it. Well, great. This has been fun. Grisham is, um, we'll see. So far, he's very dad energy, and uh, maybe he'll get different. But uh, yeah, the client, our first boy, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. First child? Yep. Okay. First child protagonist. Great. Because, uh, yeah, he's, he, I think he has a lot of, ch- sometimes children show up. So this will be fun to see the first the first movie, because that's huge. Yeah. Child actor. Oh, yeah. That could go up. Uh, one way or another way yeah for sure so cool all right well that's next week is the client um do you want me to put anything in uh this will be airing in a few weeks so if you have anything you want to plug or any websites or something just let me know and i'll make sure it's okay. in the, in the yeah, episode you can plug notes charlienadler.com for upcoming shows hell yeah great um and actually this yeah this will be out before if you're in western mass you'll be doing a father son yeah bright ideas um, yeah. brewing july 8th it's a saturday see my dad he wrote for a bunch of classic tv yeah i'm excited i'm really excited so maybe we'll see you there great goodbye thank you john grisham for this friendship with charles <laughs> we should write him <laughs> <laughs>